Friend, please help Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry by supporting the cost to produce Spirit-Filled Radio and Podcast for this current fiscal year. You can become a partner with Spirit-Filled Hearts by donating monthly. Your contributions make a difference in the lives of all those who listen to our radio shows and podcasts. Thank you for your support. Go to spiritfilledhearts.org and click on the donate button. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. Welcome to the 13th week of the I Thirst follow-up. Today we'll be speaking about confession and how to make a proper confession. So, confession is so important for today. We need to bring everybody. You should be bringing all your friends, all your family, and just saying, we need to go to confession. This is exactly what we need in this time. So many people are spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars on psychiatrists and psychologists, and I'm not saying that that's not necessary. Sometimes it is necessary. But here, if we go to confession, this is free and beautiful, and it's just amazing for the soul. It is so powerful where the blood of Jesus washes us clean of all of our sins. And this is just amazing to think about that it's so easily available and we just can go up to a priest and ask him and set up an appointment if it's not a good time then, or go to different times that we can go to confession. And so this beautiful sacrament is such a glorious thing. And anytime we start to see ourselves or people think that, oh, I'm kind of scared of confession, or I don't like confession, or I don't think it's necessary, immediately we can already hear the evil one because he is just trying to stop people from going to confession. He will put bad thoughts in our heads of confession. He will put bad ideas and help us like to remember like, oh, this priest, he was so mean to me before. I can't do this. Or, you know, this priest, he betrayed me or I, whatever it was, you know, and he will just flood our thoughts with anything in order to stop us to go to confession. It is really fascinating to understand what happens when we go to confession, because when we enter into that confessional, what happens is the devil is completely blocked out. He cannot hear anything. So the devil hears everything because he is constantly awake. Any words that come out of our mouth, right? Anything really that uh, we reveal on the outside, the way that our body reacts to certain people, he sees and observes everything. He can read a body language like nobody else. And he is super smart. And so he can really just see all these things and know our weaknesses. He knows our weaknesses better than we do. He doesn't even, devils cannot read our mind and you know, the evil spirits cannot do that. Only God can do that and the Blessed Virgin Mary because our Lord lets her. But here, the devil, usually we don't need to. We're usually an open book. And here, the devil just reads our body language, how we talk to other people, and he hears and remembers everything from our past that we have said out loud or even said, like, maybe in hidden, you know, in a hidden room or something like that. He hears everything because he's spiritual. And so what happens is when we go into confession, he's blocked out. That's just mind-blowing because here, when we confess to the priest, 
right? It's really not confessing to the priest. It's confessing to God through the priest. And this is why the priest can't reveal it. Otherwise, he'll be excommunicated. When he reveals it to the priest, right, he's really talking to God. This means that the devil has no right over anything that you say in confession, and he cannot hear anything. This is absolutely amazing. So here, whenever we go to confession, the devil is completely blocked out. He just hates it so much because something magnificent is happening in confession. You are pouring your out, you're, you're, you're pouring everything into that confession, if you make a good confession, and you're pouring your heart, your minds, your thoughts, everything, your emotions, and most importantly, your desire to change your life in that moment and the devil doesn't know what in the world is happening this is why confession is so powerful if you go to a psychiatrist psychologist the devil hears everything and so he knows what to do exactly but in confession it's a closed bubble he cannot even access it he only can guess what happens when you come out of confession so this is why confession is so powerful and he hates it so much and so here we just have to be very wary if somebody hasn't gone to confession for 15 years 20 years or anything like this we have to understand that this is something where the devil has just put all these thoughts you know, into that person's mind and just fear and hatred and putting all of these little whispers. And that's why that person hasn't come back. And really for a priest, you know, when we hear that somebody has come back after 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, this is a moment of just pure joy because here it's amazing because it's God's grace that brings that person back. And so really understand this, right? Bring everybody that you can to confess. The world needs confession. This is the way to heal everything. So once you get a confession, we need to know how to make a proper confession because the devil just doesn't stop there, right? He's just trying to get us from away, away from confession. But then he also makes uh, basically ignorance just spread. And so people don't know how to make a proper confession. So you really not only have to bring people to confession, but you also have to make sure people know how to make a confession. So this is super important. So here we need to confess our mortal sins in number and kind. We just have to remember this very much. So confess all our mortal sins in number and kind. This is so essential because if we don't do this, the confession does not work. This is very important because if we are not sorry for all our conscious sins, right, and the number of the times that we did it, then it's not a full confession. And how can God wipe away sins that we're not really sorry for? The whole purpose of confession is we're sorry for our sins. God is wanting to give us all of his mercy. But if we are hiding a sin, if we are really not sorry, and we're not gonna change our life for this sin, then how can Jesus' blood wash away that sin when we're covering over that sin? We're like, don't let that blood touch that. Right? And so here we have to really understand how to make a good confession. We have to, it is necessary to confess all of our serious sins. Those are the mortal sins in number and kind. So for example, if we miss mass for 15 years, right? It sound, it's, it's not painful at all. All we have to say, for example, is I miss mass for 15 years, right? You can't just say, for example, I miss mass. Right? That's not enough. For example, if you just, for example, right, if you stole 15 cars 
and you went to confession, you stated, sorry, Father, I stole some cars. This is not really going to cut it. If you were a parent and your child came to you, you want to know everything wrong that your child did, right? It doesn't cut it if, for example, that child got, you know, failed four tests, right? And the child just says, I, I didn't do well in school, right? Okay, the parent is... How many tests did you fail, right? Okay, this is really important to realize. And here we're dealing with something even bigger than this. If we, you know, miss Mass on Sunday and Holy Days, we cannot forget Holy Days too, right? So the Immaculate Conception, All Saints Day. Here, for Holy Days of Obligation, that also is counting for the days that we have to go to Mass. We have to say, I missed Mass, you know, this number of times. So, for example, if we miss Mass five times, we have to say, I miss Mass five times. If the number is too big, like it's out over 30 years, it's okay to say, I miss Mass for 30 years. That's all. But that's the number, right? And then Holy Days of Obligation. So, don't forget that also. Some people forget that one too. And so, Confessing the mortal sins in number and kind, right? Now, it's very important to see that this is a sacrament called confession, right? And so here, the reason why we emphasize the word confession is because we have to make a good confession, right? If we make a bad confession, it's not going to work very well, or we're not going to draw all the fruit from it. For example, if we make an invalid confession because we were so scared of a sin that we didn't want to reveal to the priest because we were embarrassed, then the confession is not going to work because the confession is invalid. We didn't say everything. And so here we have to make sure that the act of confession is correct. Right? We also know that this sacrament is called the sacrament of penance. Right? The sacrament of penance is so named because of what you do in order to make up for your sins. Right? And so here, for example, the priest says, you know, for your penance, say a rosary or say ten Hail Marys or the usual three Hail Marys, right? Here, when we do that penance, right, we are making up for our sins. And so the sacrament is also named from that action of penance that you have to do, that you have to want to change your life. And the way that you show that is by doing penance. And so you have rec uh, confession, Penance, and then you also have another name, which is called reconciliation. This is usually what is uh, the term used. And reconciliation is named from the effect of the confession. So all the names are understandable. They're totally good. And then here we see that they're just naming different aspects of the sacrament. And so reconciliation names what happens when you make a good confession. Right? You're reconciled with God. You are good with God. And so, in this beautiful sacrament, again, mortal sins must be confessed, all of them, in number and kind. Number and kind. So, for example, if somebody has relations uh, with somebody else, right? Here, you can't just say, I had relations with somebody else and leave out, for example, that the somebody else was married to somebody else too, right? So here, that's what I mean when I say not only a number of times, okay, so I had five times relation with this person, but I didn't mention that this person was married, right? So that changes the kind of sin. It's not just fornication, right? Fornication is relations outside of marriage, but if it's with another person, it changes, and now it's more, it's grave, right? Uh, it's even graver, right? Uh, both of them are mortal sins, but here uh, this becomes adultery, so you have to name the name of the sin, which is adultery.
And so, for example, if you steal something like $10, right, stealing like a car, right, it's a moral sin, that would be stealing a big thing, it's a moral sin. But for example, if you steal a chalice or a, a candlestick from a church, right, that is not only stealing, but is also a different kind of stealing. You're stealing a holy thing. So that changes also the kind of sin. So you would call that sacrilege, so stealing and also sacrilege because you're treating something holy, basically like trash. And so here, you have to really see the sin must be confessed in number and kind. So this is very important with regards to the confession to get an integral confession, a whole confession. And the priest will help you. You know, here, if you don't know if this is exactly everything, then you just ask Father, you know, please help me to make a confession. Usually the mortal sins that people confess, that they need to confess, are missing Mass on Sundays and Holy Days of Obligation. So again, number. And then the sins of impurity. These are the very important ones. And so here, any sins against the flesh are going to be mortal sins, even the ones in thought. And here we have to remember that if we rest in the thought of impurity and we stay there, so you can't really put a number, but like if you're thinking about it for like five minutes, you know, that's a long time, right? And you're not trying to stop it. That means you're kind of enjoying the impure thought, even if you don't do anything, right? That's already a moral sin. A lot of people don't realize that you can commit moral sins in your head. So for example, if you are trying to plot somebody's murder, okay, just using an extreme example there, right? Even if you don't actually murder the person, but you're plotting to do it, that's serious in your thought, right? You're committing a mortal sin in your thought. Same thing is uh, with regards to lust and impurity or any other mortal sin, like if you're planning to steal a car, but you actually don't do it. And so here, these are all the things that we have to keep in mind with regards to mortal sins and the number of times that we committed. All of it just has to be washed out. And here, if you really think about it, the confession is just done in pure humility. A confession is not a time to describe every single detail or circumstance of the sin, unless the circumstance changes the kind of sin that it is, right? So for example, if you are, you know, um, vandalizing, right? It's important that you mention the detail, I was vandalizing the church, right? That's a very important circumstance. That's a very important detail. And so here, but you don't say like, oh, you know, I was angry and, you know, the the, the cause of that anger was, you know, my, um, you know, grandma did this to me and I was so angry because this brought up something of the past and it just like goes on and on and on. You just need to say I was angry at my grandma, you know? It's just like very simple like that, right? Spiritual direction happens outside when there's more time, but confession is just pure humility. You name the sin and the number of times, and this is for mortal sins, and then it's finished. Right? You just name it very simply, very humbly, and then you're done, right? And so here we want to mention the mortal sins in number and kind. Then we want to, if we can, right, mention the venial sins, the smaller sins. We don't have to, 
but it's a good idea because here when we confess the venial sins, we also get help from the sacrament in order to combat those venial sins. So for example, if you get angry, you know, uh, impatient, that's not a moral sin. Um, unless you want to kill the person, right? That, that, then the anger becomes a moral sin, right? But if it's just like impatience or something like this, then what you have committed is a venial sin. And if you confess it, I was angry at my spouse five times, right? What that does is the grace of the sacrament, the sacramental grace, will then give you help in order to combat that sin the next time that it possibly could come up. So the next time you talk to your spouse, the sacrament of confession can help you to be nice to your spouse when they're being annoying, right? And so here we see that confession of venial sin is not absolutely necessary, but very helpful and a good practice to do. Okay. Now, how often should we go to confession? We should go at least once a month. Or, right, if we have committed a venial sin, uh, sorry, if we have committed a mortal sin, then we need to go as soon as possible. People don't have this idea that they need to get the mortal sin off of their soul. They need to have that sanctifying grace, which is the life of God, in their souls, right? Otherwise, they're just like a walking zombie, like spiritually dead, walking around. Like This is most of the world. And so we need that grace because that grace allows us to grow stronger and to be really influences on good, you know, good influences on people. And so we need that grace. And so we need that insistence that if we commit a mortal sin, we go to confession as soon as possible. So, why once a month? Because this is what Mary said, not what Father Jacob said, is because it's what Mary said. She wanted every first Saturday that everybody go to confession, right? That's mass, confession, rosary, and meditation. A lot of people don't get the fourth one. 15 minutes of meditation. She only said 15 minutes, right? She is very kind to us, right? We should be doing one hour, really. But she says 15 minutes of meditation on any of the mysteries of the rosary. She just kept it so wide. She is such a good mother. And so here she said, Every first Saturday, she wants us to go to confession and offer up that confession for the sins committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Because every time we sin, we are hurting Mary. We're not being good to our mother. If she said once a month, we better follow once a month, right? Not once a year, right? Not once every semester, right? It's going to be once a month. We got to clean our soul, right? People clean their bodies, you know, they're just so, so careful to make sure they get their facials, <laughs> make sure they're getting their nails done, everything is clean on their toes, right? I don't even, I don't, you know, I'm just, you know, people are just doing all these things for their body and their hair and everything, right? And they don't do anything for their souls. Their soul is just reeking to high heaven. And here their body is spick and span and they're just not even washing their soul, right? If you think about it, if you take a shower once a month, this is not even enough, right? Okay. So for example, for priests and seminarians and religious, we are advised to go to confession once every two weeks, right? And then when I was in seminary, we had 
with the oratorians we had confession every month with spiritual direction afterwards right this is to make sure that we are accountable in our spiritual life right how can we even increase in the spiritual life if we are not solid on this and so really going to confession together as a family going to confession together as a family with the father leading the charge right in order to keep all our souls clean in a beautiful way not a forcing way but a beautiful like excited way like a dad that just like is so excited to go to confession you know <laughs> where is that you know here just like wanting to bring the children to confession you know we, we really need that today and so here we are confession it's so necessary the devil hates it so much we need to make good confessions, right? Don't hide any sins in confessions. Some of the sins of impurity are really, 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 you know, embarrassing, right? Um, and those, you know, kinds of things, you know, in impurity. So sometimes those are hidden. If we do that, the confession is invalid and we add another mortal sin to our confession. You know, so then the next confession, we got to confess all those sins that we confessed at that confession that was invalid plus the sacrilegious sin, namely the hiding of a mortal sin or multiple mortal sins from the priest, right? So here it's very simple. The priest has heard everything, right? The priest cannot tell anybody anything of the sins, right? Even if he's gonna lose his life. Some priests have died keeping the seal of confession. That is, anything revealed in confession is told directly to God and the priest has no right to say that to anybody, not the police, not to the state, not to the Pope, right? It's said to God directly, right? Nobody can get that information out of him, right? That's why this is called the seal of confession. It's all sealed there. Not even the devil can get in that seal. It's really important. That's why the devil is trying to destroy the seal. So here we see all of these things about the amazing, beautiful quality of confession. And the devil, again, has worked throughout history to destroy confession time and time again. First with Martin Luther, basically saying, we don't need confession. Just go to your room by yourself and confess to God directly and you'll be okay. Just cut out the priest and cut out everything Jesus said about confessing your sins, right? And he gave power, right? Jesus gave power to the apostles whose sins you forgive are forgiven. It's just so explicit right there. How can the Protestants think that we don't need confession? We just have confession in our room, right? Jesus said, whose sins you forgive are forgiven. And talking to the apostles, talking to Peter, St. Peter and all of the apostles there, right? You have the power from God, right? That means that priests have the power to forgive sins. And this is the amazing thing. When the priest says, I absolve you from your sins, this is God's power. The I is not the priest, right? This is very important to remember. The I is Jesus, the eternal high priest. When he says, I absolve you from your sins, his precious blood washes us truly, and our soul is completely clean, as on the day of our baptism. This is just, we cannot even begin to imagine what that is. On the last day, when we see what it was to receive the sacraments and confession, you will just be floored we cannot our mouths are just going to hang open for every time that we went to confession or all the times that we didn't go to confession when we could have right we will just be completely flabbergasted why did i not take advantage of this amen If you're enjoying these podcasts, please consider supporting Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry with a one-time or monthly gift. 
Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are only funded by generous donors who believe in our mission to evangelize.